Howdy, Dis After Dark listeners. Toy Story Land is opening up at Hollywood Studios on June 30th. Book now for some great summer deals and to see what's new. Take a ride on the Slinky Dog Dash coaster, ride the alien swirling saucers with the kiddos, enjoy a new third track on Toy Story Mania, and grab a bite to eat at Woody's Lunchbox. Remember, if you book with me, I'll take care of your dining reservations, fast passes, and create a personalized itinerary just for you and your family. Mention this ad to get $25 off your deposit. Reduce stress by letting me do the planning for you. I make the plans, you make the memories. Find me at WPMagicJourneys.com and on social media at WPMagicJourneys. After Dark Podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Warning, this show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are hours and hours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. to this edition of Diz After Dark. I'm Nick and uh, I'm alone at the moment uh, and that's because um, we decided to split the latest episode into two halves. So uh, because of that, um, you've just listened hopefully to episode 193 which was uh, Mr Ripley talking about his recent trip to Disneyland in California and now episode 194, this one, is about his trip to Walt Disney World and uh, Mickey's not so scary and other bits and pieces. So this is an intro just because the show kind of starts off uh, as the last episode carried on. So uh, please enjoy. So swapping over to the West Coast, and so we've done, we've done Maui. Um, we, quite weirdly, just because of the, the way in which it works. So when we fly home, us Brits, to UK from Orlando, we fly overnight, don't we? Generally, so, yeah. Yeah, so most people do that. So with Hawaii, because that is on the far west coast and that's so many different time zones over, you lose time flying back east to Orlando. Mm. So generally speaking, most of the flights, not all, but most of them fly through the night, which is a quite a good way of doing it so you don't lose too much of your vacation. Yeah. So because of that, this is what we did. Um, you fly through the night which we're used to as Brits, as I said. Um, you then land in, in MCO first thing in the morning, which is very strange. 
because we're used to landing there when it's all hustle bustle in the afternoons, aren't we? Yes. Yeah, it's very busy generally. Yeah, yeah. So when when I landed in MCO, it was empty. Um, very, very quiet. I mean, it was half past five in the morning, I think it was. Jesus. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the only downside of that, so the plus side is it's an empty airport. You can get around it pretty easy. The only downside is, which I didn't really take into consideration, was the hire car companies don't have much choice when it comes to vehicles. Oh. Um, so I like to drive when I'm in Florida. Um, I know a lot of people don't. Some people Uber. Some people get the Magical Express. But the hire car companies, and I usually use Alamo, um, because they're very good. But there wasn't much choice because most people bring their cars back for their flight, and then they fly out in the afternoon or the evening. So you had a tuk-tuk. Well, we could have had a tuk-tuk, yeah. But the other thing is was strange was this year, I noticed, lots and lots of people were hiring pickup trucks. Um, seems to be a fad out there at the moment. Um, we didn't. So in the end, we paid for, like, Ford Focus, and we ended up with a people carrier. <laughs> okay. So we had this big wagon that we could have got about 12 people in. Um. So, yeah, so then we um, so then we had our sort of Disney. So, no, we then had our Disney holiday, if you like, but the first night was was Halloween Horror Night. So I won't go into that now, um, but that's when uh, I hung out with Amanda and uh, Luke, mm-hmm. uh, which Luke, uh, it's a shame he's not on. He's an absolute drug-peddling um, <coughs> bloke. He has this tin. He carries around with him, and he says that it's mints, that it's these white tablets. Yeah, he said that to me and Craig, but we don't remember much of that night after we had those Well, mints. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He, um, should, he should be on here to explain himself. Mm. And P-dubs, I mean, I don't know if you can look up in the meantime. Um, I mean, like all of us on here, we're blokes, so we can't really multitask, but... Um, you know, if you can find out if uh, the full guy is currently being repeated on a local Florida station, you know, and that might explain why pickup trucks are suddenly a big thing again. Right. So I'm, I'm struggling to think of ideas as to, to why that's that's a thing. I don't know. Because mm. if you think about the Florida weather and putting your luggage on the back, it's not the most practical way of getting around, is it? Well, unless you want it covered in bugs. Well, I'm thinking more saturated, but yeah. Well, that you know, as well. There's that as well, you know. Yeah. Um, so we stayed at the Hard Rock Hotel for one night because of the Halloween Horror Nights, because we knew we would be coming out there very, very late, um, and we were already tired from the uh, the travelling. Mm. Uh, now, the one thing I will say about the Hard Rock Hotel, which everybody must do if they ever stay at the Hard Rock Hotel, um, is order room service after you've been to Halloween Horror Nights. Because every year that I've done it, I've always stayed at the Hard Rock Hotel, and every year there's this bloke called Steve that comes out and brings your food to your room, and he is the most overly excited person that you've ordered room service ever. <laughs> at two or three o'clock in the morning. Oh, my God, is he excitable. Maybe and he's bumped into Luke and got some mints. Possibly, and he's always been like it, and he's always, always been the guy that brings the food to the room. Now, I only ordered a 12-inch pizza which was a margarita. So the most boringest pizza you could possibly order. Yet Steve walked me through it and told me how it was phenomenal and that how he's going to get one for his wife and take it home at four o'clock in the morning and how the, you know, the chef went and got some special mozzarella for it and blah, blah, blah. I mean, 
possibly he's trying to work his tip up. But I, I recommend that to everybody. If you want to uh, experience something um, that's quite unique, then please do order a pizza at the Hard Rock Hotel at two in the morning. And make sure you ask Steve. And Steve will probably, it will probably be Steve, will probably bring it to your room. Um, right, so then we move on to the Disney portion of the stay. Now, we stayed, uh, we did a bit of hopping. So we stayed at the Wilderness Lodge for a bit. Um, and then we stayed at the uh, beach club for a little bit. Um, so I'm just looking through my notes. My handwriting is absolutely awful. That's when you'd been to Trader Sam's. Yeah, now Trader Sam's, <laughs> we'll talk about that if you like. Now Trader Sam's, to me, is superior at Walt Disney World. Now a lot of people say it isn't, but I think it is. Not only did I find that you got served quicker at World, because there's more cast members per patron very important which is very important it is because you want to you want to get you want to have a drink you want to sit around but also weld do a much better job at keeping the tiki's in stock um land had um other than that the hippopotamitai one which they've had forever and the zombie head um land had nothing in stock um Whereas World had everything in stock, including the Hatbox Ghost. Um, I just got some breaking news. Um, I finished my Elvis juice, mm-hmm. and I've just looked at the, the the back label of the bottle. And for those that listen that are, are of that persuasion, it is a vegan uh, bottle of beer. Wow! So. Um, if vegans listening, uh, Elvis Juice by Brewdog is a vegan friendly beer. There you go. Um, but don't they use yeast to make beer? Czechoslovakian yeast. Um, yeah, or hops, I don't know. Yeah, yeast is what's used to make beer. That's, that is an organism. Must be uh, specially grown or something. I don't know. I'll look into it another day. Um, I think they're lying to you, um, Nick. I've um, I've never been to Trader Sam's. P Dub, so you been to Trader Sam's? I haven't. No. See, I I, I didn't know. See, one good thing about becoming a podcaster is you suddenly learn all these things you didn't know before. So when I first started this, I was pretty useless, and now I'm about uh, below average. But I've learned all these tips and things along the way. So like Trader Sam's, never anything that I I heard of, um, but. Very eager to try now that I know about it. Well, the other great thing as well is you need to check this out. Is that it is pretty well hidden in the Polynesian? It's not easy to find. Okay. Um, it used to be an arcade room, uh, apparently, um, but it is behind a door which just looks like a fire exit. There isn't really um, much signage to tell you where it is, and also it's the only bar I think in the world possibly where you can walk past it at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and there is a queue of people trying to get in there. I mean, that is in itself a bit of a novelty, seeing these. They're not queuing up to get the hat box, guys. This is just queuing up to get in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think in the UK that's probably quite a common sight. Yeah. But that's because we're a nation of alcoholics. But <laughs> that is that is pretty special because, yeah, I mean... Um, when me and Craig went to uh, Jot Lindsay's, and I know we're talking Springs, not Disney World, but um, we went in there on 
at, at like two or three o'clock in the afternoon. And I mean, there were like two or three tables maybe occupied in the whole place. Yeah. So, you know, that to me just was like, oh, well, you know, it's too early. People aren't drinking. Obviously not. It just happens to be where people are actually drinking. Mm. Yeah, I like Jock Lindsay's. Um, Trader Sam's in Weld, as I said, is superior. I think the effects are better. Uh, the animatronics are better. Um, I think the staff um, seem to be more attentive. There's more of them, like I said before. Um, and we had this funny thing. Um, the only thing, the only seats that were available were they got like this. I don't know if it's a surfboard or what it is. There's like a surfboard table with like some high chairs, um, and you sit on these high, like high stools, I should say. Uh, and there's about eight stalls, so you're sitting with other people. Um, and my wife is sitting on one of these stalls, and it's slowly getting lower and lower and lower, and then it's almost touching the ground. So I um, stupidly call over one of the servers and said, oh, I think her chair's broken. And, of course, it turns out that this is part of the show. So he then has to go and get like a booster seat and all this sort of stuff. It was quite embarrassing, to be honest with you. It was funny. It was all done in good taste. Yeah. I mean, I was pissed at this point. She wasn't drinking, so it wasn't so funny for her. But <laughs> this is actually a joke that they do there. That they reduce this chair almost to the ground as a joke, and then they make it go back up again. That's um, awesome. Yeah, I know. Don't so get out of Weber Spoon. Well, no, it's exactly that. So I don't know exactly all of the effects that happen there and all the different things they do, but there are definitely things going on in there that you don't ever hear about that they do. Um, and I like that. You know, I think that brings a certain mystique to that bar um, that you don't get with any of the other bars um, in Walt Disney World. And it's nice that um, the world's got something that's much better than land, you know? Yeah, I agree. So anyway, so there's that. Um, the first meal that we had in World was at the California Grill. And... We met, uh, my mother-in-law um, was on holiday out there, so we met up with her. I was going to say, it would be really shocking and embarrassing if she just happened to be out there and you didn't know. No, I know, it just turned up. No, it was all pre-planned. Um, so she met us there, and we went to California Grill for the, for the evening, and we watched the fireworks. Now, I think that magicking the fireworks aren't as good as Wishes. I think they're probably better when you're in the theme park. But when you're afar, like California Grill, they're not as impressive because it relies on more projection mapping on the castle. Yeah, that's that's always been my, you know, I, I've not seen it in person happily ever after, but I've obviously seen Disney Dreams, which mm. is very, or was very similar to what they used there. I mean, in fact, some of it is the exact same stuff. Yeah. And that is something that I only ever saw in the park quite up close um so looks always looks good but wishes was one of those shows where um you know it, you know, it was mainly music mm. and because of how and i'm assuming they still pipe the music through they do yeah yeah so um and it was you know it's very clever to anyone that's not done it because they they have it so obviously sound travels to a different speed to to light so what they do is they sync the music to the fireworks. So there's a slight delay um, on the audio so that it's, you know, it's in time as if you was in front watching it from the park. Um, so in Wishes, that works extremely well. But I imagine that you don't really get to see 
much of the effects on the actual castle. Um, you you can see the castle, but because it's so far away, yeah, you can't really see. You can't what's make out the details. Yeah, not really. You can just vaguely see it. You know. Yeah. Um, and I I generally think that that new show uses a lot less fireworks, so it's probably been done as a costing again, because mm. fireworks are expensive. Um, and a lot more of them are being shot off at the back of the theme park rather than in the theme park, which might be a health and safety thing, but I would imagine it's probably easier to fire them all at the back than it is within the park. Mm. Um, so there's that. So while we were up there, so we had a late ADR, California Grill, because we couldn't get one for like six, seven o'clock. This was like half past nine, a quarter to ten in the evening. Um, so we were watching the fireworks before we were eating. And um, this uh, guy gets down on one knee, standing next to me. I'm thinking, I'm very flattered, but I'm already married. Um, and uh, proposes to this young lady. And she didn't say yes. She was more interested in, A, seeing what ring he'd bought, and then, B, making sure she didn't miss the start of the fireworks. Um, wow. I know, which was quite bizarre, because we were all staring at her, waiting for her to say yes. Um, and then after she saw the fireworks, he kind of then tapped her on the shoulder and did it again whilst the fireworks were happening. Um, and then she said yes, and then we all started cheering. But, um, yeah, love, you know, you pick your moments. He's, he's, you know, this young bloke, he was quite embarrassed. He'd obviously taken a lot of courage to do this, and she kind of was more fussed about the poxy fireworks. But see, he, he did it wrong, you see, because I did this, and I, th- you know, I thought, my first time Disney World, I thought I was being really original, um, proposing at, at Disney World. You know, I thought, you know, I'm sure not everyone does this. Obviously, I know a lot differently now. Um, but I waited until after wishes had finished before I proposed. See, Did I you? was, yeah, yeah, I was quite smart. I wasn't letting anything get distracted by it. But, are, are you being genuine? Uh, oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So, um, the first time, I went to Disney World. I've been to Disneyland Paris loads of times by this point, but the first time we ever went to Disney World, um, I decided that that was when we was, I was going to propose. We've been together, uh, how long now? Uh, I think about three years, years before. Yeah. And, uh, I, I did the traditional thing of like asking a, a mum and dad. Mm-hmm. I mean, dad was ill, so he, like that, you know, I just did that cursey, but, um, mum gave me a blessing and she also said, I've got um, my grandmother's um, antique ring. I know she loves this ring. You know, I want Gosh. you to have it. And I was yeah. like, that's amazing. I am not taking out out of the country. There is no <laughs> way I'm taking it out of the country. So um, my wife, my wife always loved love hearts. So um, I don't know if you can still do it, but they used to do these love hearts that were like um, non-edible they put in like presentation boxes and stuff like that and sell it a stupid price. I think I paid about 30 quid for this love heart that you couldn't Gosh. eat that said like marry me on it. Um, but that's what I had. And I was like, right, I'm, I know what day, you know, we knew what days we were going to park and everything like this. I was like, right, towards the end of the holiday, this is when I'm going to do it. So I had this, this ring, uh, this trinket box with me the whole day and nervous the whole day because and I, apparently I was off the whole day, but I obviously didn't notice until afterwards when we was discussing it. Um, it's because I was so nervous. 
And uh, we watched Wishes and waited for Wishes to finish. And then we was in front of the castle and I'm a poster there. And um, I managed to get, uh, if, I, if I can find it, I'll stick it in the Facebook group. But I, I managed to get a picture of her as she opened the box and saw what was in it. So I've got this amazing picture of like the most shocked face because obviously then she knows what it is and I've got that on one knee and everything. And then you had some, um, you know, Americans like cheering and whooping and all that. It was, you know, all fun and all that stuff. And we got, uh, managed to get hold of a photographer and got a, a, a photo taken from the castle just after and stuff like that. So it was lovely. But I had, all I had for a ring was a ring pop as a Gosh. joke. So she had a ring pop for the first few hours and then we got a, a cheap Disney ring while we was there so she could wear it for like the last few days um so she had something on her finger and then when we got back she actually got the proper ring but yeah great there you go so uh yeah but as i said at the time i thought you know no one does that i'm sure it's a completely original idea but now i realized that it's probably one of the most popular places to get engaged well, apparently you can um, organise it with Disney for a small fee okay. uh, and do like a big grand gesture inside the parks. Um, Flash it's mob. all done. Well, possibly, I don't know. It's all done through their wedding service that they've got there next to the Grand Floridian. Um, but breaking news, Luke's messaged me. He said they're not drugs, they're Altoids, which is a type of breath mint. Type of drug, um, yeah. And his... Just a nickname for a drug. Well, possibly that. But his father, I think, has just won the best fancy dress costume. He's going to Mickey's Not So Scary tonight with his parents. And his dad is going as the king from the Dilly Dilly adverts. <laughs> so, uh, well done to Luke. I think your father does win the best dress competition there. P-Dubs, what's um, your, on, on a separate note, P-Dubs, what's your favourite ever Halloween costume you've seen someone wear? I don't know. Oh, I'll tell you mine. Uh, I know mine as oh, well. Yes, you do now as well. I saw a 25 stone bloke with a beard wearing an Alice in Wonderland costume. <laughs> I, th- I think me and Nick are going down the same same line. Oh, we won't be. Go on. Oh, Michelle's... I don't know. I think we've discussed it before. Go on. Um, my uh, an old work colleague of mine, uh, ginger and pale as they come, um, went to a Halloween party dressed as Mr. T. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> Not in today's day and age. No, I did. This, although, is, this is only in the last ten years. I did. Um, I did go to a fancy dress party as um, Robert Downey Jr. from Tropic Thunder. Oh God! But what was even better was that um, my black friend. Not my, not my only one, but my best mate who happened to be black. Um, and we didn't know what we was going as. So I've gone to this party as Robert Downey Jr. in, in Tropic Thunder. So obviously I've, I've got, um, you know, a black face and everything like that. And um, look, I'm not like black face itself is wrong, but this was a, this was from a film where somebody blacked up and it was all wrong. So that's why I did it. Um, he went as a white chick. Yeah. So we both turned up to his party, changing our necessities. That's that's a pretty good idea. Um, my favourite ever Halloween costume, though, was somebody. Uh, this was in America. Somebody went as the last uh, f- 
photo or, or one of the people in the last photo from the title card sequence of Cheers. Mm-hmm. But had, so he was dressed up like, you know, bowler hat and all this kind of stuff, but he was wearing um, a clear sheet of plastic with like the creator's names on it. So he looked just like the last title card in the opening sequence to Cheers. Oh, and it was God. such a creative idea for a costume. I thought no one's ever thought so like before and probably will never be that successful at doing it again. And just for its uniqueness, that's why it's my favourite. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, right, back to, back to California Grill. Um, yeah, so we, we was up there watching the fireworks, yeah. which was absolutely fine and dandy. Um, and then we went in for our meal and the meal was, um, I've put here awful and overpriced. <gasps> wow. Um, for the three of us, we only had starters in Maine. It was over $300. Um, yeah. Which if you divide, um, just trying to work out what that is, uh, in, um, pounds. So that's 230 pounds for three adults. And again, this is going back to 2010. Uh, we actually went there for our, our first wedding anniversary. That's what we was out there celebrating. And mm. um, I can't remember if we had a starter or not. We definitely had, obviously, a main course each and a dessert and a couple of drinks. And I think with service, it comes about $180 then. Um, but our meals were really, really great. Like, yeah. couldn't fault them at all. Uh, I remember she asked for this pork, I think it was like pork loin or something. Mm-hmm. And they said, it will come up a bit pink, but it will, it like, it's thoroughly cooked, but it will look a bit pink in the middle. And it was the most amazing pork dish I'd ever tried in my life. Yeah. Really, really good. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I've heard that it can be a bit hit and miss in there. Well, I, 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 Again, like you heard that. I also think that for $300, and we've only had two courses each, and we kind of left there a bit hungry as well, mm. I think is unforgivable. And the service was absolutely rotten. Um, now, some of those waiters or servers, apparently, rumour has it, some of them earn over $1,000 a night in tips. So um, when you consider it opens at 3 and then shuts at 1 a.m., um, and if you're doing the whole shift, I bet you are, you know, working hard, but you're going to get compensated for it. The least you can do is be a good server. And our server was not very good. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not forgivable in a place like that. I mean, I expect to maybe have an, an experience like that in a, in a quick serve or something, um, or one of the cheaper kind of places. But I do expect if you go to somewhere like there or, um, Victorian Alberts or whatever to get, that kind of bit more of an exceptional service. I mean, we were lucky. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's because we said that we were celebrating our anniversary or not, but uh, we got put in the wine cellar. Oh yeah. Which is like yeah. the side room at the back. And we were the yeah. only people in there. It was, uh, we didn't necessarily want private dining, but that's essentially what we got. Yeah. And because of where it faced, we could also see the uh, Walter electric parade. Oh, yeah. Which I yeah. never even knew was a thing. Oh, that God, is it. how we discovered it, was yeah. it was in there. We're like, what the hell is going on outside? Because that is water, <laughs> and that looks like the Main Street Electrical Parade. Um, and we had, the server we had, I think had been there for like 30 years, mm. like working at the world. 
And so she was sending us all this stuff about it. Um, and just generally great. Like the service was good. The food was great. Um, and the experience was, was fantastic. You know, we saw the fireworks. We are, I think similar to you, we couldn't get dining early. We had to go think about quarter to nine or nine o'clock. Um, and yeah, we didn't get out there much later than about midnight. The thing is though, Nick, you see, you know, that meal was more expensive than club 33. It was more expensive than any meal we had in Disneyland. Yet the service was better in Disneyland. And that's the thing. The thing is, your experience, like, I wouldn't have been happy with your experience either. The if I'd is, have paid that uh, price, I, I'd have been feeling Two years rich, ago, yeah. I went there and I had the same experience. Wow. You know, it, it, and this is a common theme that I will say about the world is that it has got much more expensive. Like we were talking about the not so scary tickets earlier. Yet you're not getting anything extra for that. If anything, you're getting less of a service in a lot of these places. Mm. And it's going to get to a point, like with the new ticketing that they're doing now, where, you know, what's peak times are now, what, $138 a day, something like that now, um, where people are going to start thinking twice about going to Disney World because it is going to become, for many people, too expensive. And this, this is this is it. Um, you know, they've been raising their ticket prices for a long time now. Slowly and slowly, you know, Mickey's Lots of Scary, we talked about that earlier on, the part tickets, every year there's an increase on those tickets. And I get that they're investing a lot of money into Star Wars land and, and everything like this. Although there's rumours that that's going to be, um, you have to pay extra to get into that when it first opens. But would you right now pay $138 per person plus tax to go into um, Disney Hollywood Studios? No, of course not. Uh, and that is the thing that people are going to have to choose, like mm. during the Thanksgiving and Christmas period this year, whether they want to pay those kinds of prices. That's that's exactly that, that's exactly the problem. There, there's, it's going to reach a ceiling. I mean, I think you was away when we talked about this, but they announced a, it was it Toy Story breakfast poll. Yes. And this was, yeah. I want to say, about ninety dollars a head, mm. and it started at half past seven. And you got a breakfast. I think it was like a buffet, wasn't it? And you got yeah, I think so. And you got fast passes to each of the the Toy Story Land attractions, and you was able to go there from half seven to I think ten when it opened. So you had like the roam of that area. Mm-hmm. Now, we obviously, you know, half the podcast were kind of like, I wouldn't pay those prices. You've already paid this much for your holiday already. You might have. Uh, you know, a meal plan. You probably got a meal plan, so you don't. You'd have had breakfast that day anyway, and you're essentially paying ninety dollars a head, like per person, to get this hour and a half experience of you getting the park at a quiet time. Um, and to me, like, it's just too much on top. And I do think with this stuff, like it's like a business. You know, it's a business, isn't it? So essentially, when people aren't buying stuff you reduce your prices and what mm. Disney seems to be doing for the last few years is just increasing those prices they've just increased parking as well and increasing their prices to see what they can do to see what they can get well the, i think the camel's back will soon start to break mm. um, and that reminds me that is my next point um is the parking situation 
which mm. is currently happening there. Now, after our meal at the California Grill, we left, and the Magic Kingdom had been shut at this point for about uh, an hour and a half, nearly two hours. Now, when you drive into the Magic Kingdom now, rather than you go to a ticket window like you used to and say, oh, I've got a meal at so-and-so or I'm checking into whatever, um, the gates now are just for people buying parking, which if you want preferred parking is $50. (laughs) $50 to park a car. Anyway, um, if you're not going to the Magic Kingdom, there is this new flyover that they've built. Um, it literally flies you, you get in your car and you sort of go right over the top of the gates um, and then brings you down right into that little side lane that takes you through to the resorts. Now, when we left, bear in mind that Magic Kingdom had been shut for at least 90 minutes, if not two hours. It took us um, to get to uh, the uh, beach club. It took us 60 minutes to get from the Contemporary to there, which in theory I would say probably – Without traffic, it would have taken 15 to 20 minutes. Um, Now, when they've paid all this money building this flyover, there's no excuse as to why it would take us that long to get to that part of the property. Mm. There is no excuse. You've just paid a lot of money to have that done. So I don't know exactly why. Anyway, I asked around. We did the minivan service a few times, Mm -hmm. which I have to say now is absolutely brilliant. That is a fantastic idea. Um, and those minivans are brilliant. Um, so I asked a few of those drivers about it. Anyway, they reckon, some of them reckon, that because parking is so expensive um, at the Magic Kingdom, it's, I think it's either the same cost or slightly less to park at the hotels. Um, so some of them were saying that people were parking at the hotels when they, when they went to the Magic Kingdom because it's almost the identical cost, but then they can get back to their cars quicker. Wow. So that's what caused the traffic, apparently. I don't know. This is just what I was told. I mean, it's it's interesting because um, when we stayed at Pop, we had parking. You know, we didn't have to pay for parking at Pop. Um, I don't think we had to pay parking if we wanted to drive into um, the the transportation system. But... um, you know, we just relied on the buses and stuff like that. But obviously, when we was off property, we did. And we, when we planned a holiday, we had booked Mickey's Not So Scary the week. Uh, it was my wife's doing. Um, but a week, we stayed on, on iDrive. So we had to drive in. I think it cost us about $15 to park at that time, at the tra- transportation system. But the fact now that they are charging you to park at the hotels... I think it's awful. And I know it's not just a Disney thing because I know Universal do the same thing as well. But it's all these costs that are adding up. Mm. And surely the thing is as well, if you're staying at a hotel car park, you're not, they're not paying for that. But that land must have all been paid off by now. Oh yeah, without a doubt. So, so why, to me, it's just another way of getting more money out of you. It's just them shaking more money out of you. But what I will say is if you're British, apparently you don't pay for parking in the resorts. So if you're an American and you're listening to this, I would get yourself down to the local Halloween shop, get an Austin Powers costume and pretend that you're British for the next time you go to the resorts. Because um, all you need is the bad teeth. Americans have two – the teeth are too perfect to be British. You have to have bad teeth. So um, Austin Powers all the way. 
Um, Top tip for you there. So the next day, um, we resort hopped and we went to my favorite restaurant, Gico. Anybody want to jump in? I think Nick got lost. Is Nick gone? Sorry, I was on mute. I said, was that... (laughs) I was like, (laughs) why is no one responding to that? That's Animal Kingdom Lodge, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah. That is my favourite restaurant. It's still my favourite restaurant. The food there was phenomenal. And it's about the same sort of price as California Grill. But the service was absolutely flawless and the food was brilliant. That's all I'm asking for. And what kind of food is it there? Um, It says African flair, but it's African with a small A. Everything, everything at Disney World is American. Mm. Let's be honest, right? Um, but it, it, it's kind of they'll, they'll put things. So, like, so the Gico menu, right? It'll say something like uh, such and such beef marinated in such and such with such and such sauce. Blah, 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 blah. When you Google those words, they're just like the African term for like asparagus or, or you know. Um, uh, cilantro, which is the other one, you know, it's, 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 um, so they make it sound more exotic than it actually is. Um, a bit like so Nando's it, then. Yeah, exactly like <laughs> Nando's. It is definitely not as exotic as you think, but it is really great. And, you know, when you're paying that sort of money, you expect an attentive waiter. I mean, another thing that really annoyed me at California Grill is the they have this thing there now where the waiters don't bring out the bread until after your starter. Huh? You really you want that before the starter, don't you? Well, it's like um, we're not a, a palate cleanser, but it's yeah, it's like a pre-starter if anything. Yeah, you know, it's the spot early on keeps you going. But no, California Grill brings it out after the starter, which is absolutely pointless, and then you don't want it. Um, you know, and, and the California Grill, uh, sorry, Gico, um, as soon as, because uh, uh, we were quite hungry, our bread was gone, she brought some more bread out. No moaning, no arsiness, you know, she was just polite and friendly. Um, and also, the other thing that they, they, they were doing on the menu, which there's another restaurant in Anarchy Lodge called uh, Sana, which has a very popular bread service. They're now doing like a mini bread service at Gico. Um, right. It's not as good, but it's... It's it, what the actual food was very good. It's not as good as Sana, but you know, if you're going to Gico and you do fancy that, that's obviously on the menu, and it was, you know, really good. I I think that all of these restaurants in Disney World could really take a leaf out of, especially the gourmet restaurants, so like your Gicos and your California Grills. They could all take a leaf out of our own British. Um, posh dining experience mm. um, known as Harvester and take uh, a buffet <laughs> bar, salad bar, as soon as they take your order. You know, oh, excellent, you know, thanks for ordering your food. Now please take a bowl and help yourself to the salad cup. You know, mm. have some uh, devil's red sauce, um, crispy onions, grated carrot, some bread rolls, knock yourself out. Oh, yeah. Just as a, as an aside, um, last night we went and watched Halloween at the cinema, and uh, the only restaurant near my cinema that was empty was Pizza Hut, which I haven't been in for a long time. Mm. And um, we ordered the pizza at the table using this iPad, 
We then helped ourselves to the salad bar. Um, they brought our pizza out. Um, the cutlery was already on the table. So was the sauces um, and serviettes. And then uh, if we wanted a drink, we had to go and help ourselves to this Coke machine. And then if we wanted ice cream, we had to go and help ourselves to that as well. And then when I was paying with the bloke, he said, oh, press one if you want to leave a tip. I'm thinking, you haven't done anything other than book the pizza. Everything else, I've done it myself. I sh- you should be tipping me. I, I'm about ready, I think. I won't do it now, but I'm a, I think I'm in at a few episodes time, I think I'm about ready to get my soapbox out to talk about tipping in mm. general. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So, enough so, about Harvester. Gico. Yeah, Gico. Lovely, brilliant food, brilliant service. Um, it was really quiet in there, yet the California Grill was absolutely packed out. Um, top tip, swap it out. If you're only going to have one decent high-end meal, definitely go to Gico. The food is superior. Um, hasn't got the view. But Animal Lodge is a great place to explore, and you can see animals from it, and there's all sorts of activities going on, so... Um, I think California Grill has the reputation of it's supposed to be being this amazing dining experience as well as the fact that you can go and see the fireworks on a private balcony. Um, I think I think that's it. You know, because I knew that before when I was like, I'm going to go California Grill because I know we can see wishes up there. It'd be really nice to see it at this, you know, doing this unique thing. But you know, I'm talking ten year, uh, eight years ago now, whatever, seven years ago. This yeah. is not the the same experience that you get now, and so I think that's I think it 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 is dining, pardon the pun, on its own reputation. Oh yeah, and definitely. not for the actual what you actually get now for your money. Yeah, it was very much a conveyor belt up there because I was watching the tables that they were getting the food cooked so fast, um, and getting it out so quickly to tables. And then as soon as they'd finished their desserts, they were pushing them out the door and bringing someone else in. Wow. Um, it was like a conveyor belt. And when you look at the pass, because um, it's an open kitchen, you see the, sh- the chef there. There is a chef there whose job is just to season the food on the pass. And as quick as he seasons it, they take it, they take it away, and then the next one comes along, and the next one comes along. And it was just like a conveyor belt. Yeah, it was like sushi. watching quick service. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, a bit like Yo Sushi, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, enough moaning about California Grill. Don't bother going there, it's an awful place. Um, the next day, uh, my wife managed to get a Groupon to the spa at the Swan and Dolphin, the Mandera Spa. Mm. Uh, the Swolfin. The Swolfin. <laughs> now, there are, um, right now, if you go on Groupon, you can get the same deals, very, very, very cheap. Um, and it's for the Mandera Spa at um, Universal's – what's their flagship hotel called at Universal? Uh, Sapphire Falls. No, uh, oh. Italian one. Oh, God. Portofino. Portofino, yeah. Well done. Yeah. So you can get – I think it's various things. It's like a package of four or five treatments for about $60, which is really cheap. Um, so she did that. While she did that, I had to walk around the boardwalk and then I had to walk around Epcot, but I couldn't get any fast pass on my phone for Epcot. It was absolutely stacked out, um, with people. I couldn't even get, um, oh, Spaceship Earth. Wow. That's how busy it was. Even Spaceship Earth had a queue at three o'clock in the afternoon. 
Um, which actually reminds me, I'll tell you a funny story about Spaceship Earth. I was talking to a friend of mine who no longer works at Epcot. Um, only just until recently, he's got another job now, but he used to work in Mission Space and Spaceship Earth and would swap between the two on different days. And he told me, he said, do you know what, um, is meant by, uh, code protein? Um, I said, well, I'd heard that it was if someone froze up on the ride. He said, yep. He said, if someone froze on the ride, they get on the radio, code protein, shut the ride down. Custodians have to come in, clean it all up. So I said, oh, okay. He said, we also had code yellow. So I said, oh, okay, I can guess what that is. He said, yeah, that happens now and again. You know, you know, sometimes that just happens. Hmm. People drink a lot in Florida and that happens. Um, he said, we also have code brown. We have that more often than code yellow. Um, so that happens. Uh, people get a bit too frightened on mission space. Um, but he said, funny enough, he said that the worst one, there's a worse one than Code Brown. Um, he said, and this only happens on Spaceship Earth, and this is one of the reasons why they're going to be refurbing it, was he said that on Spaceship Earth they have Code White. So he said to me, have you ever heard this? I said, no, I've never heard this. I said, what is it? He said, well, he said that um, it, it became popular on some forums uh, quite recently that uh, they found out that there's only two cameras in Spaceship Earth, one when you get on and one when you get off. So teenagers, he presumes, were having games on Code White of doing stuff they shouldn't be doing on Spaceship Earth and trying to complete said thing before they got off at the other end, before the next camera. Get off being... The operative word, I imagine. Exactly that. So um, that brings a new dimension. So if it was code white, some poor custodian had to go in and clean the seats while the ride was stopped for a short period. Um, so yeah, so there's that. So that might be another reason why they're refurbing Spaceship Earth. I, 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 I really don't understand people. I, people are disgusting. Let's, let's make no doubt about it. I just, I just, it's just never something that I, I would even contemplate. I've never, I've never sat on a ride anywhere and thought this would be a good time to get my rocks off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, can you imagine, like, with those animatronics staring at you? But then, to be fair, I'm also the same when I would go to cinema. I've never had it. Which I don't know if that says more about me than anything else, but you've got two kids. Oh, you never <laughs> right. Okay. But I've never been on a date in a cinema where it, something's tried to get a little bit more frisky. Because I'm, I'm telling you right now, if that ever happened, I'd be like, I've paid to watch a film that can wait till afterwards. <laughs> you know, I'm getting my own entertainment here, and it doesn't involve your hand or your mouth. So. Just just turn your head back to the screen. Um, that's my stance on things. So I just I just don't get it. I don't understand what the fascination is. I, I I mean I get some people like that element of danger and being caught, but I just Possibly. I don't get it. All I can you know, unless you've got a fetish about Judy Dench. Oh which no. some people will I actually call, my wife and I have a little joke between us, we actually call Spaceship Earth the Judy Dench Fish and Chips ride. Because <laughs> <laughs> of, like, that thing they do on Simpsons about her, you know? Yeah. Um, 
Anyway, so the, the Judy Dance Fish and Chips ride does have a code white. So if you ever hear cast members go code white, code white, now you know what that means. Oh my god. Um, yeah, a sticky situation, as they'd say. Anyway, um, so we done, so I, so I went back and collected her, um, and then we had a, an evening at Disney Springs. And now I went to possibly, I think, my favourite Disney restaurant now, which I said Gico was, but I kind of lied. I think this is my new favourite. Deluxe Burger. Not Deluxe Burger. The Edison. Oh. Now, I had low expectations for Edison because I hadn't really heard much about it. Um, a lot of people said the food was okay and that the entertainment was okay. But the food was actually better than I thought it was going to be. Um, the alcohol, the cocktails and things like that, they were all really good. Um, they were quite reasonably priced as well. We know why it's your favourite restaurant now, Chris. Did why? you get the burlesque dancers while you were eating your dinner? We didn't, no. Well, they don't do burlesque, but they do have, like, flappers and things. Um, And they have a live band. And they have, like, some Cirque du Soleil kind of stuff going on in the gables. But it's all really fun. Um, And there were lots of people there, probably locals, that were just turning up to and paying to get in as well. Because after, I think, 10 o'clock, something like that, you have to pay to get in. Um, were just paying to come and watch the entertainment. They weren't even there for the food. Um, so is it like the new Adventurers Club? I think it is, but to a very lesser degree. Mm. There isn't like any MC in or comedy or anything like that. It is just... No, but I mean in terms of, of, of that kind of vibe and bringing in that kind of audience... Um, yeah, so I, I, I think it is that kind of vibe. Um, I think it's also, um, it's, it's got this kind of like 1920s, like speakeasy, like, uh, you know, uh, you know, like when they had prohibition in America, like sort of this is happening when it shouldn't happen sort of thing. It, it was just, and the, the band that they had there, um, I don't know who they were, but they were really good. I mean, it was kind of, they were taking like mostly, popular songs or, or songs that people are like well know and then making them like a bit swing music a bit jazzy but yeah. not real jazzy i know what you mean because there's um there's a group called uh, obviously this is not the same um but there's a group called postmon jukebox mm-hmm. and they reinvent um up-to-date songs in various musical styles normally you know, blues or jazz or, you know, but, but certainly from a bygone era, it's very old fashioned music, but they just take popular modern hits and, and redo them. And it's become like a, a massive, um, you know, like YouTube sensation. And, um, you know, it has launched some careers. Uh, one of, one of the people they collaborate with was actually one of the finalists. I think last year in America's got talent called, uh, I think it was like Puddle's Pity Party or something, but he's a clown. Mm-hmm. He dresses like a clown, but he has a voice of like an angel. Um, Gosh. but yeah, so like they, they collaborate with quite famous people as well. Um, but yeah, they, they do tours and all sorts. So this is, this is obviously a, a new thing at the moment. A new popular thing is taking mm. modern hits and reinventing them in an old fashioned style. Yeah, and doing it live as well, um, and playing all your own instruments and things. And it's mm. quite nice to see like saxophones and things that, you know, a lot of bands these days don't have. And it was just done, you know, it was just done in a really nice setting. And it was, you know, it wasn't much of a faff to get in. 
Um, and then also, you being a, um, a vegan, you're, you're, um, you might be interested in this. We had a, um, impossible burger. Nice. You tried that? I, I haven't, but we just did Amanda's, um, food and wine trip report. Yeah. On the episode we re- released a few days ago. And on that, she talks about the impossible burger and also, um, how much, uh, Luke and James, uh, were also loving it. Yeah, it was really good. Mm. Is it? What's it? Vegetarian? It's not vegan then? Uh, no, I think it is. No, sorry, I'm not. I'm not vegan. Um, You're not. No, no, no. But um, but I, I eat quite a lot of vegan stuff. But um, yeah. I, I but I still eat stuff that I shouldn't. But uh, vegetarian definitely. But um, yeah, the Impossible Burger apparently is amazing. I think. Um, I think in the UK, Tesco's are going to sell them, if I remember rightly. Okay. Um, and also, I'm sure it's what Wahlburgers use, the burger chain okay. owned by the Wahlbergs, and they're mm-hmm. just launching their first UK restaurant in Covent Garden. Really? Do you know where Maxwell's was? Yeah. Where Maxwell's was. That's going to be Wahlburgers. Just around the corner from the Apple shop. Correct. I think uh, I think Maxwell's now is what used to be Dot Martin's. On the okay. corner, you know, like where uh, Punch and Judy's is and stuff. Was that this Apple is, Shop shut for a while? This, this, this is such interesting conversation to American listeners. Yeah, sorry. Um, sorry. yes, yeah, it's, I think it's just reopening. Yeah, I got an email about that. Yeah, I didn't know it was shut. No, neither did I. <laughs> okay, alright. But, uh, but yeah, so, so if people in the UK want to try an Impossible Burger, that's probably where you're going to be able to get one. But, um, I know that they're like they're taking off quite a bit in America and yeah, everyone I know that's tried them has said that it tastes just like a beef burger. Like I suppose it's called impossible because it's impossible to believe it's not a beef burger. Oh, it tastes exactly the same. Yeah. Um, absolutely exactly the same. If not slightly better, it's not as greasy, but I don't know. I love it. I thought it was great. So I recommend um, that. I took my wife to, um, a vegan fried chicken shop. Wow. Yeah, you know what London's like. Um, it was in Camden. So <laughs> that sets it all. But it's amazing. This shop is like, it's like eating KFC. Like it all looks like KFC, but it's all made from, from plant based food and stuff. And Gosh. she had a burger in there and it wasn't an impossible burger, but when it came up, it had like vegan cheese on it, vegan bacon and a vegan burger. And she was eating it and it looked just like burger like you know it's like kind of pink in the middle and stuff it was yeah. it was incredible i mean it, it, you can see why it's taking off now and it hasn't done before because there's so many good alternatives now um which you say like honest greasy taste that don't leave you feeling so groggy afterwards um but yeah that's that's up on the list for me to to try um mm-hmm. but that's i mean that place sounds great i mean we obviously talked about it a few months ago when we were talking about drinking around Disney Springs. Mm-hmm. But now you've gone. So, you know, you're able to back up its claims, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I definitely recommend it, um, particularly if you're more of a an adult group and you haven't got kids. I mean, I think kids would like it, but then I don't think kids are allowed in there past 10 o'clock, so... Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway, so next day... We're, we're nearly getting there now. Next day was an Epcot day. Um... And it was just, it was on Touring Plans website, that day was a four. And it could, I think they're lying, because it was definitely like a nine. Wow. 
it was just crazy busy. Um, Spaceship Earth, again, all day long had a queue outside. So that's how busy it was. Um, we only rode, because um, we had fast passes, uh, Nemo, Soaring, and Living with the Land. Um, and then we got a test track later on in the day, um, but it broke down, so we couldn't go on it, <laughs> which was great. Um, which then they then give you a free fast pass to go on anything you like apart from Frozen, which had no fast passes all day long. So, um, which I don't think is because Frozen itself is popular. I just think that that ride has a very low capacity because mm-hmm. it wasn't like it wasn't like fleets of people queuing out the door to get into that building. Mm. So I just think because it's a slow loader, it just doesn't it just can't do as many fast passes. Mm. Um, because they didn't really update the technology in there, did they? They just kind of retrofitted Frozen into that ride. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably the best way of describing it. Mm. Now, the wife and I, when we were at Epcot, we usually eat, believe it or not, in Morocco. We quite like the, uh, the two restaurants they got there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, particularly like the one at the back with the jiggly woman with the, um, tummy. Um, <laughs> the Betty Dancer. Oh, sorry, yeah, belly dance, that's what they're called, aren't they? Um, so, uh, you know, we didn't go to Morocco this time. We went to Germany and we had lunch in the beer garden. Mm-hmm. Now, I quite like German food. I went to Berlin recently and uh, the food was very authentic and it was very delicious. It's a buffet. It's, it's um, you know, as much as you want sort of thing. Um, but the entertainment was like quite, quite good in the beer garden. Um, it's basically a three piece, like, oompa band, mm. and they play, like, um, follow the follow the you know, songs like that, and they get everybody to sing them, and, um, uh, then they, they play, like, a, um, like a didgeridoo thing. I don't know the correct term for it. Um, and then they do, you know, like, when they have a table, and they've got, he's got, like, 30 different bells on the table. Yes. And they all make a different, ring different key and then he plays them by ringing each one mm. so you play like um i don't know the itsy bitsy spider or something i don't know but with, no. with the You're bell smack my bitch up or something no nothing like that oh, okay um and we had the table behind us was a bunch of uh disney fanatics who were locals and they said that the guy that was doing these bells he looked to be in his about his 60s but apparently he had been doing the entertainment in this restaurant since it opened. Jesus. So this guy had been there ever since. <laughs> Which must have been, what, 82? When 82. Or... Yeah. That's when so, it opened. That's when World Showcase opened. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, don't know. Hmm. But, um, yeah, so about for 30 odd years, this man's been ringing those bells and um, playing with his didgeridoo. So that's quite interesting. Um,. So, uh, yeah, so I can recommend that. And it was reasonably priced and the food was like really good. Um, so if you like German food, um, you don't really need to like German food really if you, if you go in there. It's mostly like well, sausages. I know what you're, I know what you're saying, but at the same time, I think, I think the problem with, with some of this stuff sometimes, like I didn't eat in Morocco, mm-hmm. um, when I was there because I didn't think I liked Moroccan food. Because I never, I never really um, had much couscous or anything like that. Now, of course, fast forward a few years, and I bloody love the stuff. But I think sometimes you think, oh, I don't know that food, so I'm probably not going to like it. So actually, I think 
if you loved if you like German food, go for it. And if you don't think you like German food, give it a go anyway because you might be surprised. I think you would be, and I think a lot of people would like that entertainment. It wasn't overly busy in there, but then I think those restaurants probably struggle a bit during food and wine. Mm. Um, like well, I think, the, well, exactly. I think the Moroccan ones struggle all the time because I've never seen them busy, um, particularly the Moroccan one that's out the back because you've got to bloody find it. That's the first thing because <laughs> not people don't know it's there. But the one that was on the uh, lakeside that they just, well, I say just built, it's about two or three years old. Um, I remember when they first built that, not long afterwards, it was dead and pass holders in DVC used to be able to get like 30% discount in there um, just because it was so dead. But Moroccan food, you shouldn't be scared of it. Um, I'm talking to the wider listeners because it is really just meat and vegetables. So if you like meat and you like veg, you know what I mean? You won't go wrong in those Moroccan restaurants. No, no, absolutely not. And and having been to Morocco, um, Morocco and Epcot is actually one of the few times I'd actually say you're better off going there and believing that that's the actual country than going to the real country. Yeah, my wife Morocco's said that. She's been there. horrible um, for lots or of different reasons. Or it's the uh, the villain's lair from Thunder in Paradise. That is also true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love a Hulk Hogan reference. Um, I just double-checked, actually. Uh, World Showcase opened in 82. It was only... Uh, Morocco and Norway, which opened later in 84 and 88, respectively. Oh. They were added later on. What, Morocco was 88? 84, Morocco. Oh, right. What was the other one, you say? Uh, Norway. Norway opened in, in 1988. So oh, that right. was the, the last edition. I mean, obviously, there's been rumours of an Indian pavilion recently um, being added, but um, that, was the, that was the last uh, pavilion to be added, was it 1988? I can't see them ever adding anything over there. I really can't. I can't see where they'd fit it in, to be honest. Mm. Unless they started shrinking that lake um, and creating more room like that. I, I don't know. I think they've still got some expansion pads. Yeah? The problem, yeah. The problem is, is a lot of those expansion pads have either been taken up by current attractions or they use them for storage for food and wine. Hmm. You know, because that, that expansion pad between Canada and the UK is where they have Party for the Senses. Um, and then the one behind America is where they put all of the um, uh, food carts, you know, the little houses. I'm sure Amanda said the other day that she thought food and wine this year was quieter than it, she remembered it being recently. It was. I found that. I think it's getting a bit boring. It's a bit samey. Uh, they it's... just uh, it's it's every once one festival finishes, the next one starts. Well, you got Christmas yeah. festival now, haven't we? Yeah, and then it goes straight into the uh, arts. arts one. Yeah, festival and then the straight arts. into yeah. into flower and garden. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like they don't want to have a period of time where there's nothing going on that's extra. Mm. Um, and again, like we were talking about the. You know, Disneyland Paris announced all of their festivals next year, um, and they're doing more festivals, and and they've changed the time some of them, and it's it's good. But I think if you're having it at the same time every year, it's not it's not it's doing a disservice if anything, because it means you know. So Amanda will always book uh, Orlando trips to be like towards like the end of September, early October, because of mm. Halloween Horror Nights and Food and Wine. 
are yeah. two favourite things to do. Now, if they moved food and wine to May, for argument's sake, and put something else there, then you'd get people either changing their holidays or experiencing something different. So, you know, I can I can see it being... I can see them having a good reason to actually change things up a little bit. Because otherwise... Oh, what do you think, Paul? Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. But then I suppose they've got other things tied into them, like food and wine gets tied into the run. Um, and they, they do, they have other things tied into them. So it, it can be a little bit difficult at times to move move those around, I suppose, especially when they've been running for as as long as food and wine has. Yeah, but can you not do, you know, can you just not move the run a little bit? The problem is that with the with the runs, they they don't do any during the summer because of the heat. By the way, Mr. Ridley, so just, we're not talk, when we're talking about runs, we're not talking about food and wine giving people the runs. Not 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 code brown, you mean? Not code brown. <laughs> <laughs> not well, Murphy the, brown. The other thing as well is with food and wine is the the offerings that they had was actually less. So they got as many booths now around World Showcase as they've ever had. They've probably got more. But the actual things you can do was was reduced. Um, so, for example, what I'm trying to get at is like the special experiences, the special tickets, all the the, the more interesting, harder to do things were all scaled back. Like last year, they did tours of Trader Sam's. So that's all gone. Didn't bring that back. Um. So it kind of just felt like, oh, here's the food boost, you know, get on with it. You know what I mean? There wasn't much more to it than that. Yeah, and I think you do see a lot of the same food offerings, which, again, in some ways is good because it means that there's consistency, but at the same time, if you go there every year and the food options don't change all that much, or not significantly, it's a, it's a very fine balance, isn't it? Because if you change things too much, you might bring in food that people don't want to eat. Yeah, but if you keep the same food every time, you might go. You might get a bit of food fatigue. Yeah, as well. So, um, anyway, I don't want to spend all night. Otherwise, we'd be people would be turning it off by now and fast forwarding it. But the um, the other thing we did was we got on the tram to go back to the massive Mahusive car park, and the tram drives you past the construction site for Guardians of the Galaxy. Hmm. Now, that building is absolutely huge, and behind it, they've built a contractor's compound with a contractor's car park, and they drive you past all this, yet they completely ignore it on the tram. It's like, oh, look over here at Interventions East or whatever. You know, know, they're completely ignoring that this huge thing's being built. I mean, it's almost the same size in terms of height as the Spaceship Earth. I mean, it isn't, but, you know, it is... Huge. Um, And when we went past it, the only people on site were people putting cladding up around the building. The whole of the car park that they built for these contractors, which is temporary just for this one site, was virtually empty. And most of the offices that they've got there for all the construction workers, architects, blah, 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 most of those were empty. Now, this is a Thursday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. 
Now, today they announced that Guardians 3 is put on hold. Yeah, it's already um, been confirmed, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been confirmed. We all know what happened with James Gunn. So, although they haven't stopped work on this building, they are going mightily slow on it. So, it makes me wonder, particularly as there was nobody inside doing, you know, anything mechanical or electrical. It was just people putting cladding up on the outside. Are they now thinking, oh, God, do we change our mind and put something else in this building? Or are they going to now not complete it by next year or year after and just complete it when they've managed to film the footage for Guardians 3? Well, again, it's something we talked about in your absence. Mm. And uh, when me and Paul went to Disneyland Paris, it was something that we discussed. I don't think it was... We recorded the audio of that. I think it was just when we were chatting. Walking, no. But um, we discussed that, and and we we both come up with a couple of different options, didn't we? Your yeah. one, I think, Paul, is probably the, the most plausible, which is Black Panther. Yeah. I think that's the obvious one. Yeah. Well, I mean, and for a variety of reasons. One, it was a, a massive hit. You know, one of the biggest Marvel films that doesn't have the word, or if not the biggest Marvel film, didn't have the word Avengers in it. Um, you know, globally, and in, in terms of where it actually is, surely a ride that's set in Africa, a bit a fictional version, is a better fit for Epcot. In terms of you know what Epcot kind of represents, I know it's not over in on that part of Epcot, but do you know what I mean? Like it, it would fit in just as well as Guardians would have done, um, but. Yeah, unless they're going to, and, and obviously they've just been doing, they've just finished the reshoots for Avengers 4. So unless they filmed the footage they should have filmed for Guardians, for the Guardians ride then instead of, um, you know, when they were going to start work on Guardians 3, that's the only way they're going to film the footage. Because mm. otherwise it's not going to happen. Um, you know, otherwise, you know, it's probably going to have to be something like Doctor Strange or they, they've got to be careful because obviously the reason it was going to be Guardians in the first place is because of the IPs they actually can use yeah. of Marvel in that part, you know, in any of the, the parks over there. Um, but, well, they're skirting close to the wind by using any of these characters because um, the wording is quite vague on that contract, but mm. it does say in that contract, Avengers... And you could stretch the definition of meaning Avengers to be Guardians or Stranger, uh, Doctor Strange, because they're in the Avengers films. So yeah. I think they, I think they must have obviously had a conversation with Universal about this to de- actually define what is and isn't allowed. I but... would I would assume, and again, we don't none of us have the paperwork, but I would assume that it was based on comic book rather than anything else, because at that time there was no. Marvel films, really. You know, the first X-Men was about to go into production. The first Spider-Man was about to go into mm. production. But see, that's the problem with that contract, you yeah. see, is it doesn't, doesn't um, separate the two because the two weren't things to separate Yes, at the time. So what yeah. you're saying is correct. But I, I don't know. I mean, it might be that they've, you know, had to pay Universal off. I don't know. I mean, I don't I honestly... No, none of us know. All this stuff is corporate stuff that is well top secret within them but it, the thing is it is once again another example of disney being very slow on construction I mean, if you look at how quickly that um new harry potter ride 
is being put up at Universal in comparison. You know, oh yeah, it's almost like worlds apart in terms of how quickly they can put together a big ride compared to how Disney do. But the thing is, though, it is the same building companies. Do you know what I mean? It's not like they are separate. So there's no reason, then? There is no reason for... other than Disney's management. Exactly, yeah. Shocking. So, so I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's a strange one, because there are only X number of builders in central Florida. Um, you know, so um, sometimes they're building rides, sometimes they're building hotels, but... Um, Maybe they should ship some over from California now they're not building a new hotel. Well, yeah. I mean, that has probably cost the Disney company a lot of money because they would have had to have, you know, paid off these companies that they got in to do all this work and then suddenly they're not doing it. You know, then they lose the work. So there would have been penalties for that sort of thing, which, you know, none of us are really talking about. But that is, it must have cost them a lot of money because they would have designed it as well. That mm. cost yeah, they've so. had to pay for all of the architecture work and all the planning permissions and mm. permits and all that kind of stuff before even any of this went forward. So, yeah, yeah they probably wasted a few hundred thousand dollars plus in doing absolutely nothing. Yeah, because the thing is, is Florida, they do it all themselves, their own planning, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Whereas Disneyland, they don't have that luxury. So Yeah. So was there any other highlights or low lights from your trip well the last thing last two things we done was we checked into the beach club which was all very um you know not not much to talk about there really other than at the beach club for some reason we can use the app to unlock our door without having to check in weird uh weird and then it it worked initially and then the magic band stopped working so (laughs) that was yeah so it kind of one thing works the other thing didn't um it's such a large hotel, that one in the Yacht Club. It's just so much walking. Um, anyway, that's that. Um, but the other thing we did do was we went to Mickey's Not So Scary. Um, and we had lunch at Liberty Tree, um, which was really nice. They got a new chef there. Um, and the food was really good. And I was kind of by this point craving a bit of a roast dinner, you know? It's not something that's top of the agenda for most American restaurants. Um, but Mickey's not so scary was so busy. Um, seven dwarfs. I don't think the queue was less than an hour all evening. So they're definitely letting more people in. Um, they were more generous with the candy and the candy was of a higher standard there as well. Um, as compared to Disneyland. But the, one of the biggest things was they've done this overlay to pirates, which basically consists of putting actors into the queue and into the ride. Okay. But, the actors aren't scare actors, so they're not trying to scare you. Um, and they're not really funny. They're not really telling jokes either. So I don't really know what the point of them is. Um, and they're just very annoying. So the ones in the queue just keep saying the same thing over and over again, and which that queue moves so fast anyway, so you're not really going to be interacting with them. And there's other cast members there telling you to move on anyway, so you can't stop and talk to them. Um, so that's really naff. And then once you get into the ride, there's only one actor in the ride, which is standing on a bridge. And because of health and safety, and obviously this bridge is not built for people to be standing on, it probably was just built as decorative. So they've had to add 
like a handrail with like bars across it. God. Um, and you can't really see the actor very well. And we went on it twice because I wanted to see it if this actor does anything differently. But A, you can't really hear him um, because you've got all the sound effects and all the things going on. But also, on every boat I was in, someone had an epiphany on that boat and said, look, there's an actor. Mm. And by that time, that person had shouted that and made all of his or her friends turn around and look up at this actor. The actor couldn't really have any time to do anything. And you couldn't hear him anyway. So it was pointless. It was absolutely pointless. I get, I, look, I get the thing about health and safety, but surely they could have rigged him up with like a harness rather than install a handrail. Which is what they do at um, Halloween Horror Nights. Mm-hmm. Um, they do do that. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Um, Sounds odd, though, like to, to put that in the ride. It is odd, because you can't hear what they're saying anyway. Mm. Um, it's just, it was just, it's just really naff. Um, so I just don't understand why they did that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so in a nutshell, Mickey's not so scary this year. And also, they dropped the not so scary part in all of the marketing when you're on site. So they were using the Disneyland marketing, which is Mickey's Halloween party everywhere. Do you think, and again, it's something we talked about previously about the fact that, you know, Universal, and we'll talk about Universal, obviously, and Universal after that, but the fact that Universal's Halloween Horror Nights this year has been a, a smash hit in terms of attendance, you know, oh, sometimes too, too much like the, somebody sent a picture that looked like World War Z um, the other week on one of the nights because it looked so busy. Um, do you think maybe that by dropping the not so scary bit out of the marketing, it makes it sound possibly more scary than it actually is. And yeah. maybe, maybe the fact that they say it's not so scary, that actually is pushing people away. Well, I, I think, um, I think you, you could be right there. Um, because they, on the marketing, on some of the marketing on social media, they're using like this zombie as the, as the picture below the logo. Hmm. So not using like Mickey Mouse dressed up or whatever, um, just using a zombie, which is very odd. Um, but Mickey's not so scary, like we said earlier, has doubled in price in only three years, but the offerings have not doubled. All right, you've got the hocus pocus and you've got the um, the fireworks. The fireworks have always done. They've kind of always done a villains type show yeah. out the front of the courtyard anyway. It's just now it's hocus pocus. Um, there's no more candy that's being offered, and they're obviously letting more people in, so the queues are much longer on all the attractions, which is really one of the biggest draws to go to this thing anyway, is to get around the less queues. And the fast pass system, your magic band, does not work during Mickey's Not So Scary, so you can't book fast passes. Jeez. So, you know, and there's, there's more to buy. There's more food you can buy, there's more merchandise, but it doesn't warrant a double you know, an increase in ticket price by a double. It just doesn't warrant that. It's an expensive experience. Um, I don't want to harp on too much about the pricing, but if you compare the value of a ticket for Halloween Horror Nights and what you can get if you buy one of the, the passes, as opposed to just even like a nightly pass, you seem to get much more bang for your buck, I think, 
with that then you get okay one thing you don't get universal is candy um but what you get for your money seems to be of a much higher value well, if you include the scare zones and the shows, you've got 16 new experiences every year at Halloween Horror Nights. Mm. Whereas at Magic Kingdom's version, there's nothing new every year. No, and, it's, and they've not added anything for quite a few. Um, I mean, look, I will say this. There is one thing that Mickey's Halloween Party, or whatever it's called that particular year, always has over Halloween Horror Nights, and that's boo to you. Yeah, and I think until Universal did their own boo to you, and I, I don't even mean just the parade. I mean the parade is clearly the best parade that they do any in any park in any part of the world. I don't care. Mm. Just stick your paint your night. Um, but I agree. That song is, is incredible. Such an earworm. Um, and so that's one thing that they'll always have a plus over Universal. Um, but I agree. It, it it's an extremely expensive add on to what's already an expensive holiday for a lot of people. And I mean, if you're, yes, looking, a, if you're looking at a day pass, I mean, what did you say a day ticket was about $120 on the well, game? It can be. Yeah, it can be. Yeah. So you're, you're looking at almost double your day price. If you want mm. to do the day at the park and then the Halloween party in the evening. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I had a better vacation in world than I did in land. Um, overall, despite, the moaning but the only the, the only actual gripe i have with world is not so much the prices have gone up it's the service has not met you know it hasn't kept up with the prices yeah and the, if anything the service in many locations has declined because they're trying to save money and a lot of this to do with these magic bands is a lot of them for them to plan how many cast members they need every day you know and it's stuff like that that's just really takes the magic out of it yeah you know so i'm not moaning that mickey not so scary has got more expensive i just expect either you to keep the same level of service there or increase it don't take away from it um and increase the price which is what they're trying to do everywhere and i just think that you know if they carry on doing that then universal is going to carry on stealing their business um because it will become a case of Disney's now phenomenally expensive. I can go to Universal for less money and have a better time. Yeah. You know, uh, they need to worry about that. Yeah, it is is definitely worrying. I I think, as you say, I think there is going to be a point in time where the straw on the camel's back will break. And whether that means we're going to see more things offered at Halloween parties or we're going to see lower ticket prices or whatever it is, but something's going to have to give at some point because it's going to reach a ceiling. Yeah. So I know for me personally now, next year, um, I will probably just go to Universal and do Universal. I won't probably do anything Disney next year. The other thing as well is that there's no reason for you to. They're not giving mm. you a reason to do it. Like, every year, Halloween Horror Nights is different. Mm. Mickey's Not So Scary hasn't added anything new in the last four years. Yeah. Five years next year, unless they start to add stuff to it. Um, food and wine, same every year. Well, food and wine, you could argue there's less to do on food and wine this year. You know? Okay, I, I appreciate they're not selling extra tickets to that, but what I mean is they, they have those things on as a reason for you to go. 
And so if they're not giving you an, an, a new experience or a reason to go back, why are you going to go back? Well, you know, another example, uh, Party for the Senses, every year they have Cirque du Soleil there. This year they've got to some band there playing music. You know, that's, that's not the same calibre as seeing Cirque du Soleil. No. Oh, definitely not. Can't compare the two. Um, and Party for the Senses now, you can't get into that unless you buy a table. Well, that's not the way it used to be. It used to be to allow anyone in as long as they could afford to get into it. Right. Um. So, you know, it's just things like that that just are very, very irritating. It's just like, if you're going to charge that, that's fine, but make sure the service meets the price. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you could, you would probably be encouraged to go back if you was getting this world-class experience at these things. Which is, which is what you should be, because if you, compare it, if you compare it to Disneyland or you compare it to anything like Vegas or London or New York, you know, those kind of prices for meals and things are comparable, but the service is going to be better elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and we had meals in Universal, and it was, pricing-wise, was similar, maybe less, but the service was better. Not on every single restaurant, but on the whole, it was better. And it doesn't take a lot for Universal to start really cutting into their market share. They've already done it with Potter. They carry on as they are then Disney's going to lose even more market share over the next few years. And I really do not think that this Star Wars is going to save the day. I really don't. No. And we've, you know, we, we've said similar. You know, I'm not, even as a big Star Wars fan, I'm not convinced that what they're putting in is going to be enough to save it. I mean, mm. the reason I gave that was because look at Star Wars 2. You yeah. Know, this was a, okay, the, 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 ride itself was going to be the same but the experience was going to be totally different when that mm. opened up you know the cues you would expect for it were you know hour and a half plus you know more often not now it's a welcome yeah it was yeah so and it's and it's been that way for a long time that's not a recent development and that's been like that probably six months after it opened and the other um, thing was is you know like the magic bands we were promised this intimate personal experience where you meet characters and they would know your name and all this sort of bump. That's never happened. So why would that happen in the Star Wars land? Mm. Interesting times ahead, I think. Mm. And the I fact so. that you've, you know, that's how you've ended the episode is by saying that, you know, you had a good time, yet you probably won't go back next year, I think, says a lot. Because you're going to be in the area. It's not yeah. that you're not going to Orlando next year. You will be. But it's where you decide to spend your money. Yeah, I mean, I might go to Springs, etc., but I can't see myself going to a park in Disney next year. Mm. You and know. if more people feel that way, that's that's not good news. Well, it's not. It's just underinvestment. I mean, you know, Iger, let's be honest, he's not a theme park guy. His predecessor was, but he's not. He doesn't care about the theme park. No, as long as they're making money. Exactly that. Yeah. And he said to them, just make money, don't care how. And they're making money by not doing much. Well, that's it. Well, well, thank you very much. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Um, I think it's always good to have a comparison between the two American parks because they are unique in their own ways. Yeah. Um, you know, they offer different experiences. They offer different attractions. And I think it's good to get an idea of, of the differences between them. So... 
thank you very much uh, for that. Uh, P-Dubs, before I sign off, was there anything you wanted to add? No, I don't think so. I think that, that gives a real clear difference between the two parks and, and the things that they're doing well and the things that they aren't doing so well. Because mm. yeah. for for the likes of me and Nick and, and Mr. D and, and Craig, we haven't been this year. So it's kind of it's given us a bit of a perspective of of how things are going. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what I can say to you is, is you really aren't missing anything. That's what I can say to you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's it's like that at the moment. There's just not a lot happening. Not good. But you know what? If you're listening Disney, sort your ideas out, and especially if you're listening California Grill, you need to pull those boots up, sunshine. Oof. Before you get a kick out the bottom. Exactly. They, they just won't listen until people stop booking it. Yeah. That, that's it. At the end of the day, when we're talking price increases, when we're talking about bad service and everything like that, the only way they listen is not by you verbally telling them that there's a problem. It's with your, with your wallet. Yeah. With your cards, with your money. If you don't spend it, that's where they feel it. It's all down to numbers. It's a business at the end of the day. If you're not spending your money with them, they'll start asking questions. They'll start looking into what, you know, why this is happening. So we can all sit here and say what's good, what's bad, what we like, what we don't like. But the only way they're going to feel it is in the pocket. So don't like it, don't do it. Don't That's like it. a service somewhere, don't go there again. Because really and truly, if you can only afford to go away for a week... Go to land. Honestly, you know, you'll probably have as good a time at land, if not better, if you only wanted a short holiday somewhere. You will have jet lag, though. <sighs> Don't the remind me. Worst jet lag and known to man. Um, but Chris, thank you ever so much. It's lovely to have you back on. You have been missed, and um, <laughs> that was thank certainly you. a trip report for the ages. Um, P-Dubs, thank you very much for joining us as well. It's okay. And Enjoyed it very much. Yes. Yeah. I think it's, as I said, I think it's always good when we have something like this, but, um, you know, I, I think we should also thank, uh, Mr. Ripley's journal because I think that's really <laughs> added an extra element to this podcast episode as well. Um, long, you know, I, maybe if, uh, if he keeps up like this, Chris, maybe we can add him as part of the team. You know, I think well, he's got strong credentials. This is it, you know, and, and top tip, if you ever go to Club 33, remember, do not take any photos in the bathrooms. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about it, because we, oh. we certainly haven't. <laughs> but uh, thank you for joining me. Uh, thank you, dear listener, for joining us. Um, thank you for downloading this episode. I'd really appreciate it. Don't ask this very often. Uh, but um, reviews are always welcome on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you're listening to. It helps us get up in the charts. Um, so if you wouldn't mind just rating us some stars, five stars is obviously lovely. If you want to offer us less, that's fine. Um, and also make sure you subscribe. It costs you nothing to subscribe, and as soon as new episodes come out, you will get them straight away. Um, and in fact, I can't remember who it was. Was it Phil the other day? Question like asked when there was going to be some new episodes dropping, yeah. And he hadn't, he he does subscribe, but um, his phone hadn't updated at the time, so um, they will you'll, you'll know about them before we've even told you if you subscribe. So please do that. And um, 
We will see you for another Disaster Dark very soon. Night, y'all. Hello there, dear listener. Now, have you ever listened to a podcast and thought, I'd really like to support those guys, but I just don't know how to do it? (laughs) Well, then you're in luck. There are now two ways for you to be able to support us. The first is by going to our Spreadshirt page at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash After Dark Network. Here you can pick up t-shirts for all of the podcasts that we do. The other way is by visiting us at patreon.com forward slash disafterdark. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash disafterdark. Any money raised by buying some merchandise or pledging your support on Patreon means that we can keep producing more content for the After Dark Network. On behalf of the other After Dark Podcast Network hosts, we thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it and thank you for your continued support. Podcast.